Finding Common Battlegrounds is an attempt by two brothers, one conservative, the other progressive, to have civil conversations about politics with a little help from their friends. Welcome to another episode of Finding Common Battlegrounds. This is the podcast where where we are devoted to finding common ground as opposed to finding what we don't agree on. That's easy to do. It's harder to find what we agree on. And so we this is the sophisticated podcast where I found some of the nation's top debaters that are, have come on to talk about the subject. They happen to be brothers, but uh, they are polar opposites. And uh, it helps because they always attack each other and it helps that they're brothers because they can, they can hug it off at the end, uh, at the end of these, each of these podcasts. But uh, Josh and Ryan Cragen, Josh uh, represents our conservative side. Ryan represents our liberal side. And uh, let me, let me interrupt already. Please. It is so true how much harder it is to find common ground rather than just attack each other. And I don't know. Uh, part of that might be because we're brothers and there's always been a competitive thing there. Just try it. If you don't believe me, try it. It's really hard what we're doing because my instinct is always to attack and destroy what he's saying. And, and it's so hard not to. It's so, the natural um, instinct. It right? really is. It really you is. Always want to be, oh, what about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I have people call me out all the time. Why didn't you say this to him? Because I'm not here to, to destroy and fight. You could have totally destroyed him if you'd yeah. said this. Yeah, that's what we're about. There's a thousand other podcasts dedicated to that or just watch, you know, your mainstream media. But um, <laughs> but so True. today we are talking about should Kyle Rittenhouse have been convicted, convicted of, of homicide? Uh, and we'll, we'll go in and give the background of that and, and talk about that. But uh, that's what we'll be talking about. Um, a quick word from our sponsor, Lux Bidet. Uh, we're happy to have them as sponsor. Bidets, we're all big fans of bidets here on this podcast. Uh, we love them. Um, some, uh, we all like kind of spraying off at the end. Some people like their warm water. Some of them like their cold water, but, uh, we like to get sprayed off at the end and, uh, of, uh, doing our business. And, uh, so, uh, if you, if sometimes never... I'll just go in there and spray off, don't even have to poop <laughs> that nice. <laughs> if you've never done, had the bidet experience, you got to check it out sometime. All right. So check out Lux Bidet, uh, give them a shot. Um, all right, I'm going to, so the format always is, uh, I'm going to give a brief background of what we're talking about, who Kyle Rittenhouse is and, and the kind of the everything surrounding him. And then uh, each of the debaters have to prepare three questions, which we'll be asking each other, and they get brownie points for, if, uh, for getting the other side to agree with them. Uh, <clears throat> let's go ahead and jump in then. Um, on August 25th, 2020, Kyle Howard Rittenhouse, a 17-year-old from Antioch, Illinois, fatally shot two men and wounded another in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The shootings occurred during the protests, riots, and civil unrest following the shooting of a black man, Jacob Blake, by a white police officer. At trial, Rittenhouse used the affirmative defense of the affirmative defense of self-defense and was acquitted of all charges. Rittenhouse and the three men he shot were white. Rittenhouse was armed with a semi-automatic AR-15 style rifle that he had asked his friend Dominic Black to purchase for him. Black and Rittenhouse had joined a group of armed men in Kenosha who said they were there to protect businesses. Rittenhouse said there that he was there to protect a car dealership from being vandalized and to provide medical aid. So that's basically the background. I know we'll get into some more details on things. Um, I am going to uh, start with uh, John, I kind of read these questions beforehand and see which one makes sense to 
start with. And so I'm going to start with Brian's question for Josh. Um, So here we go. Josh, can we agree that assuming I'm reading, assuming Ryan's reading Wisconsin statutes correctly, it makes sense that the jury did not convict Kyle Rittenhouse of first degree intentional homicide because of the requirement that the state could not uh, could not prove beyond a reasonable doubt that there was no mitigating circumstances. Ryan, you want to yeah. give some more detail there? Yeah. So this first point is going to get a bit technical, but I do think it's worth considering. I, I've served several times as an expert witness in various court cases. And as a result of that, I never used to do this, but as a result, I like to occasionally look at actual legal statutes to see what's going on. So we're going to do that just a little bit. And I think these are actually pretty understandable statutes. They get a little technical, but it's not terrible. Um, so, so I'm going to do that. And this is why I think it makes sense why they exonerated him. Rittenhouse was charged as an adult with the following crimes, first degree reckless homicide, first degree intentional homicide, attempted first degree intentional homicide, first degree recklessly endangering safety, possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under 18 and failure to comply with curfew. The last two were dropped by the judge prior to the trial actually even beginning. So he wasn't even tried for those. And then on the others, he was exonerated or found not guilty. Here's the deal. The Wisconsin law for homicide provides for self-defense. It's written right into the statute. So the law is detailed in statute 940.01. Obviously, people don't care about that, but here's what the actual law says. Um, so this is kind of the first part of the statute. And the fir- it starts with a clause, which I'm going to come back to. Except as provided in substatute two, whoever causes the death of another human being with intent to kill that person or another is guilty of a class A felony. So the key here is that first clause, except as provided in subsection two. Here's what it says in subsection two. Subsection two starts by saying, mitigating circumstances. The following are affirmative defenses to prosecution under this section, which mitigate the offense to second degree intentional homicide, which I'm going to come back to. So there are four ways that you can basically kill somebody and have a defense for it that says this is not first degree intentional murder. Okay. Uh, The first one is adequate provocation. So the death was caused on the influence of adequate provocation. I read this to to be... uh, if you read the interpretation, it's about losing self-control. So like the example that came to my mind is if a wife is being beaten by her husband and she shoots him, that would actually fall under both self-defense, but provocation. She lost control in the moment and defended herself and killed her husband. Got it. She would not be convicted as committing intentional first degree intentional homicide. The second one is unnecessary defensive force. Death was caused because the actor believed, and this is the important one, believed he or she or another was in imminent danger of death or great bodily harm, and that the force used was necessary to defend the endangered person if either belief was unreasonable. I think that's the one that he's getting, he's going to get uh, cleared on, right? Uh, the other two options, prevention of a felony. So you can actually kill somebody if you think it'll prevent them from committing a felony. Uh, and then the last one is coercion. So if somebody forced you to kill somebody else, that doesn't count as first degree intentional homicide. All of those make sense to me, right? Like, really? I, I get it. Those are interesting. <laughs> are those, because those seem like they're kind of liberal of, in fact, generous. To, you know, yeah. Like, I was really upset and therefore I killed this guy. But I was really <laughs> mad. 
Right. <laughs> well, like, I mean, oh. if you're provoked to the point that you lose self-control, that's a defense that you can actually I've use. I've never even heard of that. That sounds crazy to me. That <laughs> sounds like such a loophole. But, well, there's, but, okay. a, there's a, a case, I want to say it was in Oregon or something, just recently, um, uh, I, uh, this girl was sold into sex slavery by her boyfriend, and the dad went and found him and killed him. Okay, that would be an example of that defense. If if somebody did that to my daughter, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have a lot of control over not shooting the crap out of that yeah. guy. So, so, so there are situations yeah. like that, right? And I I actually thought like this was re- really interesting to read because it was in Wisconsin. These are Wisconsin statutes. I'm not a legal expert, so obviously you know no one take this. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a legal expert. It seems like maybe the prosecutors in this case should have charged him with second degree intentional homicide rather than first degree intentional homicide. And I'm going to explain why. Here's the statute for second degree intentional homicide, which comes with like a lower penalty. So here's what it says. Whoever causes the death of another human being with intent to kill that person or another is guilty of a class B felony if, and then here's what they say. So you've got a couple of ifs. Um, If the state fails to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the mitigating circumstances specified above that we already talked about did not exist, or the state concedes that it is unable to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the mitigating circumstances specified above did not exist. So basically, they could have charged him with second degree intentional homicide, and all of those mitigating circumstances go away. Right. Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. I, 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 and again, I'm not a legal expert. I'm re, I'm genuinely not. Okay. Um, and then what it says is in prosecutions under sub point one, right, which is the second degree homicide, it is sufficient to allege and prove that the defendant caused the death of another human being with intent to kill that person or another. That's it. So there's no like defense clause where you can say, well, you know, here's the mitigating circumstance. It literally just is like, did you kill this person? Did you mean to kill this person? And did you kill them? That second degree intentional homicide. So again, I'm not a legal expert. I do not want to say like, I perfectly understand this. Well, again, I'm just reading the law, right? That's why I was like, this is really interesting. So So, it's certainly possible. I'm misreading this. And Uh, so you're, you're thinking like the the prosecution went for like the hammer first yep. degree murder and but yet it which allows for these mitigating circumstances and which he did was able to uh, warrant right or, yeah or find uh, certainly the jury found his argument of self defense convincing and we we can get into the details on that right yeah um, from my take on this it sounds like second degree intentional homicide is intentionally killing someone regardless of mitigating circumstances self defense I think would be irrelevant in such a situation uh, and again I could totally be reading this wrong. But yeah, the way the statute is written, it kind of sounds like that. So Kyle, what you're, not, what you're yeah. not taking into account are like case law precedents and things like that, that, that would argue that uh, in, in a self-defense case, he's not intentionally killing somebody. Okay. Uh, he's, he's applying enough force in it. You know, this is what you learn when you're taking like a self-defense cl- or a, a concealed carry class. Mm-hmm. If you are going to draw your gun, okay, you don't, you don't draw it with the intention of murdering somebody. You draw it with the intention of applying enough force in the situation to stop the threat. So, so that's self-defense. Okay. But it's right. not, you're not intentionally killing somebody. You're applying enough right. force. If, right. if, if I do that, if somebody comes into my house and I end up shooting them, what I'm going to tell the cops is 
I pulled the trigger until I thought the force was stopped. I'm not going to say, yeah, I, I wanted to murder the guy. Yeah. So well, you, which, you see the line? I, I think your point is well taken. And Kyle Rittenhouse in the trial said, I didn't intend to kill these people. Granted, he shot one guy four times. He shot another guy <laughs> once right in the chest. Right in the and then chest. he shot another one in the bicep, right? So um, he, the first one he shot like multiple times. Uh, did he intend to kill them? Uh, certainly that's debatable, right? All so right. all my question gets back to is um, it makes sense given the statute. And this was the question that Tom asked you, given the statute with the mitigating circumstances, it actually makes sense to me that the jury did not convict him of first degree intentional homicide because of the requirement that the state could not prove beyond a reasonable doubt that there were no mitigating circumstances. So can we just agree on yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, I'll agree on that. I don't I don't necessarily agree with he would be he would have been convicted if they would have gone for a second degree. Right. Um and yeah, again, you don't have to yeah. agree with that. That's not the question. No. Okay. <laughs> I know. He he always asks the simple question, then yeah. throws in like those this, are coming later. This devious <laughs> crap and then goes back to the question. Well yeah. and, and and to give my own credentials here, since Ryan did, um I'm not a legal expert either, but I did work as a paralegal for six years. So I do understand, you know, how this stuff is worded. I don't know uh, Wisconsin case uh, law. Yeah. Okay. I don't, you weren't I doing don't, it in Los, Wisconsin. You weren't a paralegal in Wisconsin. You were, no, well, I, I yeah. don't know the statutes here in Utah when it comes to that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> but my take on that is. I'd be I mean, worried yeah. if you did. That, yeah. <laughs> but I, I agree. I don't know if I agree with the this, this second degree stuff Ryan said, but I, I, agree. I and I don't know. I'm yeah. not claiming to be a legal expert. Josh may have fully interpreted that better just hearing it than I did. Right. But what it did say in there is like, all you have to do is prove that they intended to kill somebody. So maybe the self-defense would still work there. I mean, uh, that's interesting. All right. Well, this kind of goes into the next question. Ryan, do you have the right to defend yourself? Simple. Josh, you want to pepper that with anything? I do. Okay. Let's, if, because this gets really complicated, because as Ryan said, it's different if you're defending yourself or you think you're going to be hurt, or if you're defending property, everything changes. Or as Ryan said, if you are stopping somebody because you think they're going to commit a felony, everything changes again. Okay. This gets really complicated. So let's just make it really simple. Ryan, if, if a large man, walks up to you and says, I'm going to kill you, and he attacks you with his fists, are you justified in using a weapon to defend yourself? Yes. Okay, is this I a agree. Trick question? Is this a no. trick question? Where's no, the trick? I, there's no <laughs> trick here, because this is very straightforward stuff. Okay, If somebody says, I'm going to kill you, and they attack you, you're fully justified in using whatever force you think is necessary to stop the threat. Okay. Nuclear bomb. <laughs> if that's what's necessary to stop the threat. Okay. If if four men walk up to you and one says, I'm going to kill you and they attack you, are you justified in using a gun to stop the threat? Okay. You agreed, right, Rain? Uh yeah. I mean, I certainly agreed with the first one. Uh well, yeah. the second one. So, second well, one. You, you have a gun, well, four men come up. Okay, you. you didn't say I had a gun. Now well, I've got a okay, gun. Okay, so, so you're, you're changing <laughs> the question, right? No, so in the second one. Further. So in the second one, if I have a, gun. You have a gun. You have a gun, yeah. four men walk up to you, some are, some are armed, some are not, and one says, I'm going to kill you. Are you justified in shooting them to end the threat to your life? Because you don't know. You don't know uh, what well, they're going to do to you. So I, I think that's where we enter legal gray territory. 
So if somebody just Not says, really. I'm going to kill you, right? And then uh, they approach with weapons. Well, see, but that's the, that, that second part is the key part. If somebody just says, I'm going to kill you, I don't know tone of voice. I don't know exactly what they're saying. It, you know, we say that all the time. Like, oh, I wish I could kill that person, right? And we don't actually mean it. Have you ever had anybody tell you, I'm going to kill you? Uh, it's used rhetorically. I agree with that. Right. Have you ever had anybody say, seriously, I'm going to kill you? Uh, like that to my face? Yeah. No, I okay. did have, because that I did is have a death threat once because of my website, uh, which was awesome. Oh, jeez. Okay, <laughs> An but online death threat. But that's a very yeah, serious but... thing, and that's criminal to actually say, I'm going to kill you. Okay, that's yeah, criminal. but right. but the intent versus the rhetoric, I'm, right? Like it's complicated. Sure. Uh, okay, I'm going to shut down Josh's second double question that he's getting in there because <laughs> uh, because we're going to get into right. this next question. Is, I think is going to lead to more nuance that we're tr- that we're already getting into. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, uh, Ryan's second question to Josh. Can we agree that Kyle Rittenhouse showed up in Kenosha with the intention of, at a minimum, intimidating protesters and rioters? Okay, so I'm going to try and build. And I, I see the skepticism on his face. I'm going to try and build up to this. And it's actually like three questions in one, but we'll get to it. So my second point is really an issue of provocation. If we, as he's shaking his head, you can't already disagree. No, Let me three questions in one. Three questions oh, in you're, one. You're, you're a cheater. I am a dirty cheater. cheater. But I don't have a third question today. So um, as, we, as we have established on previous episodes of this podcast, we can't read the minds of other people. We don't know what they were thinking or why they did what they did. But let's take a general case then and not the specific one of Kyle Rittenhouse. So let's just sideline Kyle Rittenhouse and we'll go with a hypothetical. If someone grabs an assault rifle, then walks into a crowd of people who are rioting, can we assume certain things about this person? Let's call our hypothetical person today, Jared. So we're discussing Jared. No particular reason for that name. It's just Jared. Jared knows that there are people upset about a police shooting of an unarmed black man for several nights in a row. People have been protesting. Some of those protests have turned into riots. Tom already discussed this, and we've talked about that before in our podcast. So Jared knows people are upset, and there is likely to be violence. He then intentionally enters that fray with a gun. What message is he sending people by taking a gun to a riot? Since we can't read Jared's mind, let's just pretend we're at the riot and we see someone carrying an assault rifle. What would the two of you assume that person is trying to convey? And that's a genuine question. Then we'll get back to my points down below. So you see, you happen to be at a riot. I'm not saying either of you are rioters, but maybe you are secretly. I don't know. Right. But um, you're there and you see somebody standing around with an AR-15. What are they telling you? What do you read from what they're doing? Absolutely nothing. What what are they doing? Are they are they running down people on the opposing side? Are they defending a a business? What are they doing? Because that is very telling. I've seen people walk around Walmart with an assault rifle. Okay, you can't just immediately assume. <laughs> yeah, but Walmart is, is a whole different world, Josh. Like if it was a, if it was a you know Kroger or a Target, like that'd oh, be geez. different. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So <laughs> I, I well, let there's me actually some okay. truth to that. If somebody walked into Whole Foods with an assault rifle, I'd be like, oh, shit's about this to go down. Shooting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Tom, how would well, you interpret I, that? I did watch uh, a couple of videos about this whole thing right after the verdict. Cause I'm like, I want to decide, I want to see what I would think about this. And um, there was one interesting thing. I don't know how much either of you studied this, but they were actually 
these, this group, this like kind of militia, militia group, group yep. went down to where some businesses had already been vandalized on a previous protest, a previous night of protest. And the protest was actually initially started like a few blocks away. But oddly enough, the police sort of pushed the protesters out of like the, it was like a town square or something like that. Mm -hmm. And those protesters ended up moving, making their way down into that area. And that's where they kind of clashed with the protesters clashed with these militiamen. And um, I, I don't know, but like it seemed plausible and possible that if, if that protest hadn't been moved like that, that these militia guys would never have like interfaced with the, with these protesters. And um, that, that seemed like that could have happened. So like it, it, it lend to me, it lends like that they were, they may have stayed there all night and just hung out at the businesses and never gone up there. I don't know. Maybe if they hadn't heard anything for a while, maybe they would have gone looking, you know, like roaming around. It's, it's hard to say, but like, sure. I don't know. Okay. So, so from my perspective, let's say that I'm there uh, seeing that person suggests to me a, a variety of possibilities. And you, you may completely disagree with this one. Uh, I disagree with what you are doing and, and I want you to stop it. That seems reasonable, right? Like that's yeah. not outlandish. Okay. Uh, two, threaten me. I dare you. Okay. <laughs> uh, three, I have a gun and I'm not afraid to use it. Four, this gun makes me feel strong. Five, I have the right to carry a gun and I'm ex exercising that right in a pretty violent environment. Or six, I'm trying to intimidate you. Are any of those like completely off the map no. as far mm -hmm. as like looking at a person who's carrying an AR-15 AR in a riot? I no, think those I, are pretty reasonable. I would say any one of those guys probably had some degree of any, all of those, right? right. Like with some sort of intention, some degree of that, those feelings. Absolutely. But, but, but there are additional ones that you're denying. And, and Rittenhouse oh, well, himself said, there's video of him saying, I have the gun to defend myself because he was pepper sprayed before it all went down. They were defending their business, the car dealership, and the rioters pepper sprayed him and he didn't shoot anybody. And he said, because one of the, the news guy that filmed that clip mm -hmm. asked him about lethal force and he said, we're not, you know, not going to use the the guns to defend myself. I'm here to help people. That's what Rittenhouse said. So you, uh, you can I not believe him or you can believe well, him. But, but that's I mean, what he said. Give the so whole context, right? Word. He didn't have to be there. He chose to show up there. There's yeah. question whether the car dealership even wanted him there. Like that's yes. not definitive, right? So he showed but, up but why did with he... a gun to a riot. Okay. Hey, and then I think all of the other stuff that businesses. I at what point, let, let me ask this question, and this might be sidetracked a little bit. Well, I'm still at, trying to get to my point, but go, right? Because I have yeah. opened this up to Well, I, I think this is important to, 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 I've been thinking about this. At what point is a citizenry uh, obligated to stand up and defend their neighborhoods or their town or their businesses? Because the okay, police obviously he was not neighbor, He was not defending his town or neighborhood. This is no. not Kenosha is not okay. where he lives, right? Okay, he but lives that's where he grew up. 30 something just, miles away. This is, this is the liberals have pushed this talking point. He grew up in Kenosha. His grandparents and other family members lived in Kenosha. He had just barely moved to Antioch with his mom because his mom moved. So okay. this if was, he was his guarding town, his and he's grandparents only 15, house. He's only he 15 minutes away. If he was guarding his grandparents house, I would think this would be an open and shut case. He went out where the protests. Okay, were. but but answer my my larger question: At what point is this is a private citizen or the citizenry obligated to protect their town or or 
or are they not? Is this? I mean, ideally, they the police. Have to. Well, ideally, exactly. it would be the police, right? right. But obviously, it's complicated. But rioting was happening. Sure. Things were getting burned. Buildings were on fire. So, yeah. so if you're going to believe the uh, the militia guys, they were mm-hmm. there to protect their city. Okay. Yeah, From but they kind of that, volunteered themselves to do that, right? What, but I don't understand what the problem is. All right. But I'm going okay. to reel this back. Let's, yeah. So let me finish up my point, and then we'll get to All my right. three-part yeah. question. So I struggle to think of ways that Jared's actions, again, we're going back to our hypothetical Jared, are not meant to intimidate or threaten others. Jared brought a gun to a protest or riot. This is a provocation. I don't own a gun, as we established in episode six. If I saw someone brandishing a gun, I would be intimidated. If I saw someone brandishing a gun to threaten someone I know and love, I would be pissed and would consider using violence against them. This goes to Josh's earlier point. In my ideal world, people would not grab assault rifles and walk around provoking people to attack them. And I I get that this is putting kind of uh, intention behind what Kyle Rittenhouse did. Mm -hmm. I get that. And we can debate that. But at the end of the day, he was walking around with a gun, which was clearly a threatening gesture. Okay. So and and some of the protesters, gross you know, I got that. A gun. I got that. So here's my three parter for Josh, and I'm violating the rules. First, can we agree that it is in poor taste to walk around with an assault rifle, hoping that doing so will provoke people? If you're going to add the last part, walking around with an assault rifle, no. That's cool. You can carry a gun. That's, that's, that's totally lawful and legal to walk around with an assault rifle. In poor taste? If, if, no. In poor taste. I didn't say it was illegal. I just said in poor taste, Josh. No. With the intention of provoking somebody, yes. But just to walk around with one, I'm totally cool with that. Okay. So next time you see him just like walking around a grocery store, Josh, uh, Tom, just like, Josh, where's your AR-15? Okay. My second point, which is the one that, jo- that Tom already read. Can we agree that Kyle Rittenhouse showed up in Kenosha with the intention of, at a minimum, intimidating protesters and rioters? No, because we don't know that. And if you're going to go by what he said, he was there to protect a business. Okay. But he's protecting it by doing what? Holding an AR-15 in front of the business. He's got a gun. That is meant to intimidate protesters and rights. Don't come out here. Because I've got a gun. I wouldn't use the word intimidate. It would be a deterrent. That's meant to be a deterrent. Okay. Absolutely. Deterrent, fine. It's the same thing, right? So no, it's not. Totally the same thing. My third point, and this is my reach point, is that Kyle Rittenhouse, I think he was the provocateur in this case. Can we agree on that? He was provoking an already agitated mob. Absolutely I don't think we not. can. I don't think we're going to agree on this. But I, I think Absolutely that's where. Not. Got it. I think this is where the big conflict lies between the left and the right on this issue is, did he provoke the people who attacked him? And then he was able to shoot them and say, and claimed self-defense. Carrying a gun in a riot. Did you agree with any of those? He agreed with the first two. Provisionally the second one. I thought you didn't agree with the poor taste. I I agree with the, well. But some some varying degree, you did agree. Some varying degree, I'll agree with the first two. And the third one, absolutely not. Okay. You know, the, the protesters pepper sprayed him he didn't he didn't respond violently and rosenbaum said several times that night if i find you alone i'm going to kill you and then he chased him down and tried to kill him and you're going to call rittenhouse the the rosenbaum Rosenbaum threw a bag at him and a bag that didn't have any weapons and then he did Uh, try and grab his gun after chasing him after saying i'm going to kill you several times throughout the night all right. He didn't and, brandish and, any weapons. And but, what did okay. Rittenhouse do? Let's get to, he tried to on. run away until somebody else fired a gun. Okay, You can't call him the provocateur when he tried 
to run away. He had a gun. He had an assault rifle. Rosenbaum did not. He had a plastic bag. Rittenhouse tried to run away. He tried to de-escalate the situation. Yeah, he showed an incredible amount of... He I ran away! Right. It was Josh, him with the... Uh, Josh, look it, at not, this it would not have happened if he didn't show up to the protest with a run with a gun. Doesn't right. matter. Doesn't right. totally matter. He's standing okay. there with a the gun. Go. No, <laughs> no, no. This in. is important. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. <laughs> would you, Ryan, would you agree that the left tried very hard to make Rittenhouse case fit into the Black Lives Matter narrative, despite any evidence at all that Rittenhouse is racist? G- explain more of that. Uh, yeah, Josh. do explain okay. that one, because I'm not sure I agree with that one. Um, I was wondering how much I should show here. So I'm going to read a couple tweets, but the the... A lot of lawmakers, a lot of uh, high-profile personalities, celebrities, and the liberal news media all tried to paint this as uh, a racist issue, that black lives, that this is a Black Lives Matter thing, and that Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist. So I'm just going to read a couple tweets. I could read hundreds of these, okay? Because mm-hmm. they all piled on. There was videos. Uh, I found a, uh, a montage of news reporters saying that he's a white supremacist, but I'm just going to read a couple tweets. Uh, most of these are by lawmakers. Representative Gwen Moore, the same police department who shot an unarmed black man seven times in the back for walking away from them, just let an armed white supremacist walk right past them after shooting people. See the problem? White supremacist. Ilian, well, I won't read that one. Ayanna Presley, a 17-year-old white supremacist, domestic terrorist, drove across state lines armed with an AR-15. He shot and killed two people who had assembled to affirm the value, dignity, and worth of black lives. Fix your damn headlines is what she said. Um, I have, I have a. Okay, no, that's of, fine. Well, I think, I think let, I get the point. Help let, me understand. Let, let how, me read. Let me read okay. two more because they're very important. Okay, this one is Joe Biden. Several times, Joe Biden uh, um, alluded to Kyle Rittenhouse as being a white supremacist. And to fact check this, I went to Snopes, which is left leaning, and and their question is, did Joe Biden call Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist? And they called that. Mostly true. On two occasions, Biden re- made remarks or promoted a campaign advertisement that strongly suggested Rittenhouse was a white supremacist. Okay. And one last one. Joy Reid, she's a uh, reporter on MSNBC. She said um, the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict uh, by stating that America was built on the idea that white men had a particular kind of freedom and a particular kind of citizenship that o- only they have that gives from the slave catchers on the right to inflict violence in the name of protecting property. That's like the foundational creation of the United States. I was not at all surprised. We've talked about this. I mean, this is what we expected to happen because I think we have to keep in mind when we're watching the criminal justice system at work, that it was designed to do exactly as it did today. What does that sound like? Call back to last week. This is all critical race theory, bull crap. That's, well, that's what this is. But, this is an but, offshoot of critical race theory. Help me understand, though, because this wasn't a hate crime and he shot white people. What would even if they I mean, and I, ha- I actually agree that they there were I, I saw a lot of it that they were trying to associate him with racism. But what does that have to do with with the well, case? I, I, I nothing. No, no, it I, has I, nothing actually, to do with the case. I, I'm agreeing with that. It doesn't really have anything to do with the case. Um, I, I think the idea that he showed up to protests over the killing of an unarmed black man. Right. He didn't die. He was shot. I think. I, I understand. That. Oh, sorry. Thank you. You're right. So the shooting of an unarmed black man. Um, Who was I a think rapist. That's why. 
Okay. I don't, okay. Thank you for poisoning the well, Josh. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's important. No, that's not important. Uh, but I think that's uh, what he, gives he it the unarmed. racial undertone. He, he had a knife. He had a knife. He wasn't unarmed. But, I, I sure hope you're not trying to sh- defend the police officer shooting him seven times or four times in the back. He missed uh, three shots. He, he, was, he was completely uh, justified. The, I want to hear Ryan's point. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm trying to get to Josh's question, right? So the question was, do you agree what? That the left-leaning media tried to turn this into a Black Lives Matter thing or something? What was the question? Yeah, the, yeah. because the actual case didn't fit any narrative. So they, they made it racial somehow, which made no sense because he's white and he shot three white guys. Yeah. But the, the headline is still that he's a white supremacist. This is the story they ran with. And, that, and then the CRT bullcrap. Well, of course, he got acquitted because the system's rigged against us. And, and no black so- people were involved. And Josh, you're saying that like the the point that their statement they're making is that justice was not served because white supremacists are getting off the hook. Yeah. Are, and and they, I'll get more into this in my third point. But this was it was just a witch hunt. Okay, this it shouldn't have been as high profile as it was, but it was made uh, to fit a narrative. Don't I mean, I think it's pretty it. reasonable that it should be high profile. I don't see the connections to race, to be honest. I, so, but that's so one I, of the reasons why it was so high saying, profile. Uh, no, I mean it was a 17-year-old who killed two people at a protest. That so, that, that Ryan, makes it high profile. I guess one, Ryan. I guess I, there's a couple of things I'm kind of interested. Ryan, do you right. agree that that many left like he, he, talking heads did try to associate him to white? Yeah, supremacy? I mean Josh showed the evidence. Yeah. I think okay. that's true. Well, that I, some I could, some I could people did. I don't know how many like, did. I can't quantify that, but certainly some people did. I'm not going to deny that. I guess Josh's I don't agree statement with that, is: Do you sure. think they were doing that to fit an agenda? Like there was an agenda. I have no idea why they were doing that. Why? Yeah. Why else would they do it? Because because Dude, obviously, are you asking said, me to read people's minds again, Josh? We've no, established that I Tom can't do said, this and you can't do this. There's not a black person involved in in. You know, in the, the shooting incident this. specifically. Yeah, there's no black right. people involved. So why is it racial? So why else would they bring race into it? Uh, I, I don't know, honestly, because I never brought race into this. I didn't. Exactly. To me, it's not a racial thing. Right? It this is, this is fully a, justified in that. It's a Second Amendment versus a, what was it? The, another amendment, the right? The right like, to protest. Yes, the right to protest, like, yes. which I think is a Seventh Amendment, right? Like, so, so it's Something two like that, amendments yeah. fighting each other. I see that as the issue here, not race. But 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 it was advertised as such to fit okay, but a I, narrative. I, I so, conceded that point. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand why. And, and that's yeah. And I guess that's that's kind of what I'm asking too. Because Ryan, because I guess Ryan does agree with the question that the the left tried very hard to fit some people on the left into this yes. narrative. Yeah. But um, and and you're and Ryan's agreeing with that. But I guess to what end? I guess is what we're. Asking, but, CRT. Yeah. <coughs> right. See okay. our conversation last week. That's I'm, I'm moving on. You got agreement, Josh. Woo. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Josh. Um oh sorry. Uh no, this is the third yeah. question here. It's yes. just a question. For Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh if someone provoked Kyle Rittenhouse by getting in his face while openly carrying a gun and Rittenhouse got angry and took a menacing step toward them, would that person be justified in shooting and killing Rittenhouse? Okay. And if so why or why not? Yeah. 
So my final point is just a bit out there, right? It's kind of a hypothetical, but I think this also gets at my larger point today. With point one, I stated what is the legal statute exonerated Rittenhouse. My second point led to an ought question. What should be acceptable behavior? My final point is a combination of these. Imagine next week, Kyle Rittenhouse is walking down the street, not that he would because he's in hiding, and he's confronted by someone as he is walking down the street who is legally openly carrying a pistol in accordance with Wisconsin's open carry law. So Wisconsin has an open carry law. Kyle gets angry at the confrontation and moves menacingly towards that person who then proceeds to shoot and kill Kyle Rittenhouse. Is that person justified in killing Kyle Rittenhouse? That's my question. Mm. And should they be prosecuted like Kyle Rittenhouse was, or should they not? And and, and it's not a give me agreement or not. This is a genuine question. So I'm not trying to get like, Kyle's angry and he's armed. The Kyle's armed or the other? No, no, no. I said Kyle's not. I didn't say anything about Kyle being armed. I thought thought you were the person who provokes him, right? So the person who gets in front of him and he's, you know, going at Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse gets angry and he Mm. makes a threatening move. And this person shoots and kills Kyle Rittenhouse. Justifiable? Why or why not? Because he didn't uh, initiate the violence. You can say whatever you want to anybody, okay? Uh, Unless unless you're promoting violence with your speech, your speech is protected. You can say whatever you want. And and there are statutes about, you know, provocation. Um, And again, I'm not going to get into the legal details because I don't really know them. Um, But if you're the one that initiates the violence, yeah, you're justified in being shot. That that's my take on it. Uh, if and it doesn't matter if you're taunting somebody or saying "Come at me, big boy" or whatever like that. If you're the one that takes the first swing, sorry, then you initiated you initiated the violence. Okay. Uh, again, uh, in, unless uh, you're trying to stop somebody that's uh, committing a felony or you think you're in imminent danger, the person that initiates the violence is the offender. That, that that's that's kind of the basics of the statue as I understand it. And that's kind of the basics of, of um, uh, com- what's it called? Not common law. Um, well, stand your ground is what we have in Florida, but um, Tom, your take on that. Uh, well, right. Well, so <clears throat> I think this is why you have a jury, right? Because it's like, cause I mean, you know, is it like I go like this, yo dude. Right. And it's like, right. It's, <laughs> <laughs> that's tough, right? Because you're, you're, that's, well, you're, um, you're, but that's essentially what we're saying. That, it, but you'd have to look at the circumstances. Sure. I think you'd have to have a jury in every case and they'd have to be like, yes, no, right? And you're, you're, you're looking at all this other stuff around it, right? That's going to mm-hmm. help determine well, the case. So, so part of the reason why I raise this question is almost, a, I'm like playing a Josh today, right? I'm like, I'm going to criticize the left. Because I'm wondering how many people on the left right now are like, ooh, Kyle Rittenhouse should be killed, right? A, and I'm saying, and I don't know that. I, like, I genuinely don't know. And I'm not trying to say that that is what should happen, okay? He was exonerated. The law went through the way that it did. Um, but basically, what I'm, I'm trying to put this hypothetical out there to say, okay, if we flip the tables and somebody basically does what Kyle Rittenhouse did, okay? So he's kind of provoking people. Not necessarily the provocateur, but at least intimidating them. He's got a gun at a riot. Okay. We established that happened. And then people start to aggress with him. He kills them. He gets off with it. What if the tables were turned and the exact same thing happened to Kyle Rittenhouse? How many people on the left would be like, exonerate the killer? Right. Uh, And that's a genuine question. I think a lot of people would be like, Kyle Rittenhouse deserved it. 
And, and I think if, if that's where you're going and you're on the left, then you're missing the whole point of Kyle Rittenhouse being exonerated. And I get that it's a complicated situation. Like I said, I think he was a bit of a provocateur. He shouldn't have been there in the first place. Like it's complicated in every every regard. But at the end of the day, if you think he should be killed in a similar situation or he could be killed in a similar situation and the killer gets exonerated, you're messing with the same gray area. Mm -hmm. That's my only point with that. So, and it wasn't, and I'm not trying for agreement, right? It was just genuinely a question. But but actually you got agreement. I, I, I agree with what you just said wholeheartedly because that is the point. Okay. Um, well, we'll get into my, in, in yeah. my next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just ask that. my question because, because this is, <laughs> yep. this is the point. And Brian, I think you're asking kind of the same question. Brian, would you agree that the left turned the Rittenhouse case into a political witch hunt and tried to destroy a 17 year old kid for political purposes? Um, it's, it's kind of what we're just saying. I, if there wasn't a political narrative attached to this, it wouldn't have gotten near to the near to the publicity. Okay, and and this kid was vilified, and the whole everybody on the left tried to destroy a seventeen-year-old kid. Granted, he did something stupid. Okay, he shouldn't have got the gun, and I, and I think his heart was probably in the right place. I'm gonna say that he was. I mean, he's a kid. He was a kid. He, that's that's why he he shouldn't have had the gun. He didn't have any. In, in all fairness, he showed great restraint in initially not using the gun after he's pepper sprayed and he tried to disengage and de-escalate by running from Rosenbaum when Rosenbaum attacked him. And, and it was only, he didn't fire the first shot. Okay. Somebody well, else in the crowd shot in the air. They were trying to dispel everybody. He, so I think in it's the a little heat different. Of the moment, no, in the heat of the moment, does he know the guy chasing him is not shooting at him? He hears a gunshot nearby. He showed incredible restraint, even though he was foolish to go there. He showed incredible restraint. Okay, so let me, I, I just linked something in uh, chat. Can you show this video? It's a quick 30-second video. Okay. Um, everybody want, on the left is just decrying Rittenhouse and calling him a vile murderer and uh, a white supremacist. Guess what? Everybody else involved in this case, they were all criminals. Okay, he showed up and... I think to defend his city because cities were being burned down. You can ascribe to him any motivation you want, but I believe that's what he did, even though it was probably foolish that he did that. And the people that he shot, every one of them was a criminal. Okay. So this video, this is Binger, the prosecutor who was a total moron. What he's about to do, uh, he's trying to talk about how what Rosenbaum was doing that night was not a big deal. So play the video. This is ridiculous. Here we go. He just happens to stumble into it. So what does he do that night? He's talking about Rosenbaum. Oh, let me tell you all the awful things Joseph Rosenbaum did. He tipped over a porta potty that had no one in it. Misdemeanor? He swung a chain. He lit a metal garbage dumpster on fire. Oh, and there's this empty wooden flatbed trailer that they pulled out in the middle of the road, and they tipped it over to stop some bearcats, and they lit it on fire. That's a felony. Oh, and he said some bad words. He said the N-word. Okay, so... He just happened. 
Did the prosecutor ha- prosecution have to talk about that? Because that really didn't. That wasn't exactly. Case. Exactly. I, told you, I think the prosecution botched this case from the I beginning. They, they should have gone for second degree felony. They didn't. Because have... I think they would have. They would have got a conviction on second degree felony. Uh, no, if I'm reading it right, a, I think they didn't so. have a case. That's why this guy. I mean, he, he's obviously. Well, he killed idiot. him. I mean, he killed two people. He right? Kill, like, yeah. He killed yeah. two people and shot but, somebody else. But it was clearly uh, self defense. Yeah. If you watch the videos. Uh, they Sorry, attacked I'm him. Blurry. They all had weapons, and they all attacked him. He tried to run away. He tried to de-escalate the situation. What else is he going to do? He's being chased by a mob. Okay, so this douchebag here, he's, he's trying to say how his client didn't do anything bad. He just described uh, at least one misdemeanor and probably three felonies that this guy was committing that night, and they admit to it. And then uh, the, whole, the left is trying to say that Rittenhouse is a white supremacist, who was the one running around dropping the N-bomb all night? Rosenbaum, Rosenbaum apparently. He's the racist. Okay, It's, it's so incredible. Um, so do you agree, nobody, Ryan, that this was a this well, was like a, a bit of a political hit job? Let, let me get to just a couple more things. Okay, Rosenbaum was a diddler. Okay, he uh, was a in diddler. jail. Sexually assaulted, sexually assaulted five kids. That's a, a always sunny in Philadelphia. He was Philadelphia. a pedophile? He sexually assaulted five kids. Okay. He was a diddler. That's a, always a sunny in Philadelphia reference. Um, <laughs> he had a long rap sheet. Uh, uh was a, a felon. Um, the other guy that got, that got killed was a felon. Jump kicker uh, had a criminal history. And um, Blake, the guy that got shot in the back, he was a rapist. Okay. They're all, they're all criminals. Every one of these guys. But but what does the left do? Okay, you have all these celebrities defending Rosenbaum, saying, "I can't believe he died. He was such a hero. He's a freaking child diddler. He's a douchebag, and he instigated the fight. He instigated the violence, and he's probably the one that got everybody killed because he attacked Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse shot him, and then everybody else with the mob mentality, and it's going. Sure. Everybody's going they went crazy. After him. They went, oh, he killed somebody. Let's get him. Well, they didn't know what happened. Probably. And yeah. then it yeah, just de-escalated Kyle from there. left the scene and I think he, he tried to gonna, run away. Yeah. He was still after he shot Rosenbaum, he was still trying to run away. He didn't want to shoot anybody. Otherwise, okay. he had an AR with a 30-round clip. He could have opened up on that whole crowd. Instead, what did he do? He tried to get to the police. He tried to run away. That is indicative of somebody trying to de-escalate. That is not indicative of somebody that went there with the purpose of murdering a bunch of people that he disagreed with. Okay? But but the political witch hunt going after this 17-year-old kid who is a kid, he's a minor, it's, it's unbelievable to me. You have the president of the United States weighing in on this, calling him a white supremacist. You have people uh, calling him a, an assassin and a murderer. They, the the politica, politicization of this case is astounding and disgusting, and it had no place here. And, and, and it goes beyond that. The judge received thousands of death threats. Um, the MSNBC was sending journalists to follow the bus to try to track down the jurors so they can intimidate the jurors. The stuff that went on here is insane. What's your point, he's, Josh? He's a kid. Um, okay, but he's a kid who did ag- really stupid things. And uh, we can he, all agree on that. Did, it was stupid did, to no. be there in the first place. That's the only stupid thing. Know, you know your context. If you shoot somebody in the middle of a riot, yeah, you're going to get people are going to come after you. Like, come on. We all know like that's going to happen. So he did it. I mean, he did a lot of stupid things. No, he did one stupid thing. That's the only thing I'll agree to, showing up. He shouldn't have a gun. 
it was illegal for him to have the gun in the first place. Okay, like that's that, literally that illegal. Thing. So Having the gun and, and he didn't even up. get processed. He didn't even get charged. Well, like the judge withdrew that charge, right? Like, yeah, that, that that's absurd. So he didn't get charged with any of the things that he clearly did do. Um, I think it's problematic. But, so, but was it I, a political <laughs> witch hunt? Was it a political witch hunt? The fact that we're talking about it kind of indicates. I mean, the fact that we're talking about it, sure, it's a big deal, but I think it's a big deal. You know, somebody came out in the streets with an AR-15 and shot and killed a couple of people and shot somebody else. Um, That attacked him. Yes, but complicated one of whom, circumstance. One of whom was also armed with a gun like, and was well, trying okay. to shoot him. He was just Josh, lower on the ground. I, I would grant you if Kyle Rittenhouse was sitting in his home and somebody broke in or three people broke in and he shot and killed two of them and the other one he injured, no one would be talking about this trial. Okay, I, I absolutely grant that. The context is why we're talking about this trial. He was out on the street as a self-appointed militia member trying to patrol the streets. No one called, like the police didn't call him and say, hey, please come patrol the streets for us. He was a self-appointed militia member patrolling the streets. I have, I have no problem with that because the police weren't doing it. Buildings were getting burned down. Businesses, people were put out of business. And the, the left loves to talk about, well, everybody was insured. You can't put lives over businesses. A lot of those small business owners were underinsured. A lot of the, the ones that got burned down in uh, Minnesota or wherever, uh, it, was, it cost more to remove the rubble than they were going to get insurance payout. So a lot of these people's lives were ruined by these riots. Uh, and the police were not protecting businesses. They weren't patrolling the streets. They were all located in one area. As Tom said, the police like pushed the, the mob away. I have no problem with people out there protecting their neighborhoods and their communities. None whatsoever. Political, political witch hunt, Ryan? Mm, certainly it was politicized. I don't know that it was a political witch hunt against Kyle Rittenhouse specifically. I mean, I, it was politicized. I, I'll give him like 45% agreement. How's 45 that? I'm not giving you 51. <laughs> no. no. Okay. Knife in the uh, guts. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good. Uh, do we want, let's, uh, we got some agreements and some not, not agreements. So that was interesting. More, more than I thought, actually. Yeah. Okay. I want uh, your closing remarks or do you want Tommy's take first? Tommy's take. Cause I didn't yeah, prepare Tommy's closing take. remarks this time. Okay. Okay. This is, this is my take. I wrote down a few things because I thought they made some, you guys made some good points. Um, Ryan, uh, Rittenhouse, uh, not a racist, but also not a hero. Um, and so it's interesting that you were talking about this, Josh. I totally agree. The left did make it, they kind of tried to push it into a narrative. And the funny thing is, I don't think this, let's see if the left was smart, they wouldn't have politicized this because it, because the right took it and made it a big second amendment thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's all about, Oh, you can take your guns and you can do that. This is what you can do with guns is what I got out of it. Of like, this is your right. And, and I, I think that's a dangerous precedent. Right. And, and narrative that kind of got spun that way. Um, This is what, so I watched the videos at the very beginning and I watched the videos after the, I went when rewatched them after the verdict. And I totally thought Rittenhouse was innocent. I was like, in every case, they seemed totally justified. Um, is he a complete idiot? Yes, a complete idiot. And 
it the 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 thing I could the best thing I could compare it to is like taking a glass of champagne and going to like a mosh pit and being and then <laughs> you know inevitably your drink is going to get knocked over and be like, Oh my gosh, you knocked my drink over. Right. And just be like, what did you think was going to happen? Right. When you brought that in there. And so I, I, you know, may, you could maybe uh, chalk it up to him being 17 and just being stupid or being just being an idiot. Right. I don't know, but yes, I, I don't, I agree with Ryan that it was poor taste. Definitely. Did he go there to intimidate? Absolutely. Um, and, uh, provocateur, I don't know, right. That's, that's sort of a borderline question, but, um, but I, it's, I mean, idiotic, stupid, right. It it just means you don't know. You don't, I honestly think Rittenhouse didn't, doesn't respect firearms when you take a firearm into a place like that, right. That that's, you're just asking for it to go off, right? You're looking for an opportunity to, to, to let it go off. And he got it. And I think he did, he did show restraint and he did, um, uh, and he was attacked, but then, but then he left the scene and, and started walking around. And that was so stupid, right? He should have stayed right there, called the police and, and just waited, right? And, uh, the, the, you know, dumb kid, I guess, right? 17 year old or, or an, an idiot, but he, this was dumb. And I wish, it should, this should not have been a big story, right? This should have been, I think it wasn't a big issue. It was a, it was open and closed case. And, and we did blow it up on both sides. And I think both were not good, right? But the both are to detriment of both sides as well, in my opinion. But anyway, that's Tommy's take. The take. Okay. All right. Ryan, Ryan, you got some thoughts? Um, I, I, do I actually did write a final statement? So this is going to be like my fourth point, but I know Josh loses it if I do a fourth point. So <laughs> so no no fourth point is my final statement. I, Rittenhouse killed two people and he shot a third. Um, and what are the consequences? Now, here's the interesting thing: he was exonerated. Okay, I think his life is ruined because of this. I, I think that's probably true. Um, he his best case scenario is like to change his name and move to Uruguay, right? Like get out of this country with a completely different name. Cause otherwise do you, do you think something will happen to him? I don't know if something's going to happen to him, but I mean, I just, I literally just saw before we came on that he's changing, like where he's going to go to college because colleges are like giving him issue. I, I don't know the details. I, I saw a headline and I was like, Oh yeah, this kid's life is ruined. Um, I mean, where is he going to be able to go to college and say, my name is Kyle Rittenhouse and people are not going to be protesting him, chanting at him, giving him a hard time. His life is ruined as a result of this. I, I, I get that. Okay. So there are consequences, but my bigger question is, should there be consequences when you kill somebody? And obviously the circumstances matter. Should there be consequences when you kill someone who is attacking you unprovoked? No, right? Somebody breaks into your house and you kill them. I don't think there should be any consequences other than like you kind of feel a little bad, but maybe not that bad. But should there be consequences if you kill someone who is threatening to attack you or just threatening you? Yeah, it's grayer. Should there be circumstances when you kill someone you may have provoked? Also pretty gray to me, but I think that one's probably more clear. The Rittenhouse Rittenhouse case is definitely gray. He was attacked. I'm not denying that at all. But I also think he was, whether you want to say provoking or intimidating or threatening his attackers, I I think there's something there. And I think that's what makes this case an important case and also gray, okay? 
I'm not saying it's clear cut. I think this is why it had to go to trial and you had to have a clear trial on this because I don't think it was a clear cut case of self-defense. Um, I think the prosecution made a bunch of mistakes in charging him with first degree intentional homicide. Um, I do think Rittenhouse meant to kill the people he shot. Going back to Josh's point, and I, I get his point, you're trying to stop the people who are threatening you. Well, he shot him plenty of times. He killed him. Um, they were threatening him, but he put himself in that situation. My last big kind of takeaway here is I can absolutely see why people on the left are terrified of this outcome. What's to prevent other vigilantes and militia members from showing up to every protest from now on, right. carrying weapons and hoping to provoke a confrontation from doing so? This will embolden them. Exactly. Yeah. It's a bad precedent to set. And I, I, I get this case. And I, my very first point was, I think he should have been exonerated based on what they charged him with. He could argue self-defense. So I'm, I'm granting that. That said, this is a really kind of scary precedent for people who don't like what may result. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, I've thanks. heard a lot of that lately. This everybody's saying he's a vigilante and this is vigilante justice. And that actually doesn't fit because he wasn't going out trying to kill somebody for a specific crime that was committed. He wasn't taking the law into his own hands. He was trying to defend his city from rioters and looters. Okay. And I think, you know, you know, I disagree with some of what Ryan said. I think it is more clear cut that it was self-defense, but, uh, you know, I want to address Ryan's point there. I want to talk about just in closing the larger picture here. The left is worried about the precedent that people are going to arm themselves to defend their cities against rioters and looters. At what point is enough enough? Okay. This has been going on since George Floyd was killed where rioters and looters have been burning cities and blowing things up and causing all sorts of problems. You know what the, the precedent, you know, from where I'm sitting, it's like the left is mad because somebody finally stood up and said, enough's enough. And they killed somebody. I don't love that. You know, that's, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. I have no problem with Rosenbaum being dead because he was a freaking child rapist. The rest of them, that's a tragedy. Um, but what I don't, I don't see the, it, first of all, it's not vigilante justice. And second of all, I don't see it as a bad precedent. Maybe these writers and letters will go, Oh, maybe, maybe if these guys actually have guns and they're willing to use them, maybe we'll stop burning down their cities. Maybe we'll just talk about this crap instead of rioting and looting. I have no problem with protests. Protests are great. We've talked about this. I'll support your right to protest. I'll defend your right to protest. But as soon as you become a rioter and looter, and clearly that's what they were doing. That video I showed, Rosenbaum was rioting. He was starting stuff on fire, as were a lot of the other people there, many of whom were criminals. Okay? If the police aren't going to protect the people and their property, I have zero problem with citizens standing up and saying enough's enough. Okay, we we're armed and we're we're willing to defend our city. Stop it. Okay, protest all you want, but as soon as this turns into a riot, we've we've seen this for a couple of years now. We're done. I have no problem with that. Um, and so I don't understand the the cries of of vigilanteism and this setting a bad protest uh, precedent. I don't see that at all. But you know, that's I my my overall take is. We got to stop with these freaking riots, and then they have died down a bit. But here's the one thing I would ask about this, Josh: if 
these so if the if the protesters had come uh, on the street like they did right in front of like the dealership and they started rioting so say they start rioting, like they lit one of the cars on fire mm-hmm. what what could or what should kyle have done because he's got so this, this gun in, but he can't this gets into a very great area for burning of the a car but that's a felony so yeah in theory, he would be justified in shooting somebody to prevent the, th- the felony. But that's a super gray area. Yeah. And, and this, this actually gets difficult. Okay. Him right. preventing some, him defending himself or defending somebody else, in my mind, there's no gray area. Kill the aggressor. Okay. You know, stop the threat, really. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I hate this, this point by the left. I already touched on it that lives are more important than property. Well, you know, I agree with that, but at, at what point is it, is it too much? Because people's lives have been ruined. Okay. People have lost everything. And, and the left's always saying, well, the insurance will cover it. No, that's not always the case. And in a lot of the areas that are being, uh, that were, we talked about this in our, in our uh, protest podcast, a lot of these areas are poor areas, multi-racial uh, areas. A lot of the businesses are underinsured. So once these places are burned down, the people are just out. Their lives are, their financial lives are ruined. At what point do you say, okay, we'll have to shoot some people because they won't stop? Okay, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And yes, mm-hmm. that has died down some. Um, I'm okay with people defending their property. Okay. So- if- just just to be clear, like this is not a two-year precedent. Uh, in the 1990s, the LA riots, there were people on the tops of their buildings with guns shooting at rioters too. Yeah. And in the 1950s, they did the same thing. So this is not a new precedent um, as far as people trying to defend their property. Um, I think what makes this pretty new is it wasn't his property. Um, agreed. That's, he showed that's up. That's why I'd say it's murky. But, yes, but in this the, is definitely Do you ever murky. see the video in the, the LA riots where there's these two Asian um, gun owners and they're like having a shootout with these gangsters? <laughs> it's yep. pretty crazy. It's intense. Like, the LA riots were insane and like yeah. legit people were camped out on the roofs of their buildings with rifles yeah. and shooting at people. So. And, Again, and, and, but it was their property. They can defend their property. Kyle Rittenhouse right. just kind of showed up uh, and and I, I get that he's not a vigilante. He wasn't targeting specific people, but he was a self-appointed militia member. So there, there's stepping gray in area. To, what if this, somebody, this is what makes if, this really great. So That's why I say it's just both of you. What if it was concrete that the property owner had asked him? Because the property owner, I guess, is denied that he asked these people to defend his right. dealership. But they said he did. So what if he said, oh, yeah, I, I totally asked these people to defend my dealership. What are your thoughts then? Why is Kyle Rittenhouse showing up trying to defend people's property? Okay. Because he doesn't and, want his city well, burned down. See, well, and, and if I could trust that that was actually it, that Kyle Rittenhouse is like purely pure hearted and genuinely is like, I love Kenosha and that building has so many up, memories for me. His, and I absolutely do not want this. I, I, I don't know that I buy that, Josh. Well, well my bigger issue is that. You show up and you're trying to stop people from from rioting and destroying property by doing what, right? What can you do? Get in their face, talk to them, ask them not to. What if they keep doing it? What's the gun for? The gun is there. And and Kyle's answer was correct to protect himself. But what's going to happen? You know, like what? (laughs) It's pretty obvious. Yes, exactly. It's pretty obvious. (laughs) But take that to its logical conclusion if he didn't have the gun. He might be dead. 
Okay, the, the one dude hit him twice. Or he hit him once with the skateboard, then tried to hit him again. Grosskreutz was pulling his gun to shoot him when his arm got blown off. Okay, mm-hmm. so Kyle would probably be dead. Uh, to you, both your points, maybe it wouldn't have escalated that far if he didn't have the gun. But Rosenbaum was out of control. He was saying he was going to murder these guys. Okay, so I, I don't know. This is all speculation. I, I um, mean, I can see your point, Josh, because it's like, should everyone have just stayed home and let them just toast the place, right? Yeah. Toast, right, burn the whole place down. And you're like, at what point does that? Do you go, hey, I'm going to take a stand for my community, right? I, I, I do the get that, but it becomes like, how do I enforce that, right? Police aren't going to do anything. I'm just a citizen. I just, you know, oh, you're breaking that car. Like you said, shoot him because he's committing a felony. You're like, that, and that's really great. You're right? totally like, going to get arrested for that. Yes, yeah. you will. Yeah. And you should, because mm-hmm. that gets a little crazy. Because at that point, you're taking the law into your own hands. And that we've moved past gray into like, now it's almost pretty clear on the other side that you're you're just shooting people. You're just right? shooting and people. Yeah. You're just shooting people. And I, hope and I get that this is all a crime great. tonight. Cause I want to go, <laughs> I want to go shooting. <laughs> and that's fair. Cause there are plenty of, of really far right wingers that are just looking for an opportunity to, to live out their weird fantasies. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll this, admit that. I bought this gun. I want to use yeah. it. <laughs> that, that's I'll the terrified that. part. And I think that's why the left is so terrified. That was my point is like, now you can have people who are, are who fit into that camp, right? I don't know mm. that that's Kyle Rittenhouse. I genuinely don't. I think it's complicated, but there are people who are like, I've got these guns and I want to shoot. I want to shoot the libtards. And They're- so I'm going to go out and now all I have to do is provoke. It's if right. I can it's, provoke, it's, the, it's like the I purge. One night only, I can <laughs> shoot liberals, and I get away with it. I know, but it's kind of true. And especially it's, after this verdict, it's like there's something to that. It's gonna be some yeah. action tonight. Everyone load up, right? And that will that absolutely 100 percent will happen again, probably in more than it's happened before, right? Like if like if there's a protest schedule, I don't know. Like, Arm yourselves because I you think, talk about you talk about the ramifications of of hold on Kyle shooting somebody. I, I, in I his think life. Tom Tom wins this episode for bringing up the purge. Like <laughs> the fact that he brought is. the purge in, he wins this episode. He gets all the brownie points done. You know, there, <laughs> there might be something to that because, um, like, uh, was it Gross Crutes or the Skater? They went to a lot of these riots. Because they like this, you know, chaotic outlet. Yeah, and then you got the right wingers showing up with their guns going, well, I'm looking for some sort of, you know, cathartic outlet. Should you, you know, there might be something to that. <laughs> right. It's but basically it, it's like, no rules tonight, folks. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. But, but Ryan was saying. Could get a free TV, run. could get killed. <laughs> 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 so no, it's, uh, anything goes tonight. Um, sorry josh i keep interrupting you oh that was funny but you did it was better than what i'm gonna say we should have there um not only is this kid's life ruined because everybody he's a household name he he has to live with the fact that he killed two people yep you you can't you can't put enough emphasis on that he's gonna have nightmares his testimony was sincere when he cried uh he killed two people i do think he felt remorseful i do not yeah i do think he I'm sure, about that. I'm sure he regrets showing up that night. And and again, that's not to say he wasn't justified. I think he was 100% justified, but he's got to live with that. So I hope people understand that if they're looking to go get their purge on and start shooting some libtards, you don't want to actually kill somebody. Right. That, uh, it's horrifying. Man. It's horrifying. 
But at the same time, can we stop burning buildings down? It's just hurting poor people. It's hurting minorities. It's so stupid. All right. I, I'll go. I mean, all right. Final thought here. I do think there's this weird thought I've thought about is like, I do think liberals, this is going to sound crazy, but liberals have an issue with violence in that they're very scared of violence and violence isn't good, but I don't think we should be scared of it. And, and, and that's sort of the right talks you know, the, like we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be victims, right? We shouldn't allow ourselves to be victims. And that's why, and that's a big case for the second amendment, but, um, and, and that's a thing, that's an issue, right? We like, I do think the left is too scared of violence, right? You're like, sometimes we get violent and that happens and it's not good. It's not good at all, but like it happens and that's life. And you do need to make sure that you are not putting yourself into being a victim and you don't, no one ever wants to like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Kyle Rittenhouse, everything, owning an AR-15, that's fine. That's great. Shouldn't have taken it to the thing, but like owning it and making sure you're protected. I think that's all great. I think that's, 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 it's good. But like, um, that's an issue that when we're too scared of like, Oh my gosh, something could happen. Right. And, and we got to get rid of all guns because I'm afraid that anything could happen. Right. And you're like that, that's a bad narrative too. Um, is being, is living in fear of violence. It's, yeah. Violence is not good, well, not, I, but you shouldn't I, be yeah. afraid of it. Well, I, I think the question that I would raise there is who has the right to engage in violence. Right. Um, and that's, I think, the the bigger question, maybe for a different podcast, right? So it's more of a philosophical question, but um, the government endows certain people with the right to use violence, the police, the military, they have the right to use violence. And of course, it's under very specific circumstances. We can, in certain circumstances, use violence, but um, I, I think that's where the left would say, like, mm, we, we, we prefer that only certain people get to use violence. Um, cause if we just give that That's license to everybody, what do you mean? The, the right is okay with that too. In our society, we're not a tribal society anymore. We're a society with strong social institutions where we have abdicated the right to violence to the government, to the police. And pretty, you know, uh, apart from the super far right leaders argument the whole time of like no. totally justified to go out and defend your city. If the police won't do it. Well, that's why I asked the question. When, when, when are you justified if the police aren't going to do it? Because we have abdicated that right, right. to to violence and to vigilantism, and you you basically broached the same thing. So that's why I threw that question in, and I've asked it a couple times. At what point is enough enough? And you and you assume that right again, because as we the whole point of this is when you're being attacked, you can resume that right and fight back. But uh, it, you know. It's kind of difficult, but that, do you, do you get, them, get, get what I'm saying? Mm. Maybe, I well, I mean, I, I think you're, I think you're right that yeah. both the right and left agree that certain people should have the right, mostly exclusive right to, to, to engage in violence. Well, even Rittenhouse did. He was looking for the cops after he shot him. He was trying to find the cops. The, he, who, I mean, who didn't arrest him. Right. Oh, Josh, weird. I think you're trying to say what I am trying to say, right, is that we have the right to not be a victim. And that, and that includes, which can include violence, right? Yeah. And, second, a big part of the second amendment. But, right. But yet we should, and, and what I'm trying to get at is like, we shouldn't 
go provoke. We shouldn't be out there. Absolutely and, and, not. And that's what I was trying to, my, my criticism, Kyle, is I don't think he actually respects guns because he was being so irresponsible. He's a 17-year-old kid. Yes. There's totally. a reason he was supposed to have a gun. We don't give right. guns to kids because they're not <laughs> mature enough <laughs> to use them. But does your, I does your think kid it's have a gun good. I, and no. I don't, I actually my kids don't, don't have, I, have guns, actually. They don't. I don't own a gun. And, but I actually, I get the logic that it is that you, you hone a gun so that you don't get to be, um, someone doesn't get to all of a sudden tell you what to do or for, you know, can't come in and rape my daughter or whatever. Right. I don't, I get to not be a victim and, and not let all that stuff happen to me. And, uh, and there, there's, that's, that's good. And I think that's appropriate. Um, and, and which can include violence and right. like, and that's okay. That's a fair Sorry. point. So I'm the only one who has bought his kid a gun. It's a paintball gun, but oh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll be clear there. My, my kids are not, I, I've taken my kids shooting, um, but I do, you know, demonstrations where we take like watermelons and I, sh- we shoot the watermelon. I say, this is what happens if you shoot somebody. This is serious. We don't play with guns. I'm very strict about that. And I, guns are fun. I went shooting last week, but uh, kids should not have guns, uh, right. you know, especially a 17 year old. That's, that's where this thing derailed. The kid should not have had a gun. Yeah. And when he and actually to- had the gun, he was, he showed a lot of restraint. I give him kudos for that. He could have just opened up on a crowd with a 30 round clip. A lot of more people could have died, but. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have had a gun. I agree with that. He to made be mistakes. fair, I don't own a gun because I actually want to kill somebody with my bare hands. Uh, <laughs> I, I want them to break in. I want to feel the blood on my hands as I. That took a really out. weird turn right there. I got yeah. dark pretty fast. No, I want. I'd like it's. I'm, I'm yeah, little Kyle Rittenhouse in me. Like I, mean, I, hope, a, I hope someone breaks in tonight. That's number three on your bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Kill an intruder. <laughs> Kill a man with my bare hands. With my bare Drink my his bare blood hands. and watch his soul <laughs> leave his body. Yeah, that's why I leave a TV uh, out on my front porch at all night. <laughs> on that note, yeah. all right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see yeah, you next thank week. You. See you next time. Holy cow, <laughs> Josh. We may not always agree when it comes to politics, even though we're trying. But there is one thing we agree on. There is only one way to clean up after going to the bathroom, and that's with a Lux bidet. I've been a proud owner of a Lux bidet for years. I have literally owned a Lux Neo 320 since 2013. That's the warm water model. Talk about happy, fun, poopy time. When I leave the bathroom, I know I'm clean and ready to talk politics in a civilized manner. Exactly. Using a toilet without a bidet is about as uncivilized as it gets. Civil conversations demand civil hygiene practices. And that is why our listeners should get themselves a Lux bidet. And just to be clear, Lux is not supporting one side or the other in this podcast. They support civil conversations and clean butts. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Finding Common Battlegrounds. The music is by Ben Sound. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and not those of their employers. For more information or more episodes, you can find us at findingcommonbattlegrounds.com.